man. We're live. Good morning, everyone. If you woke up alive today, you can watch this podcast on YouTube at the Curiosity Chamber. And I uh, just wanted to let you know that. Moving on. Uh, Professor Xavier, Stephen Hawkins, Christopher Reeves. What do all these people have in common? They're all white Caucasians. My next guest is not. Joining me today is a damn genius trying to make sure the movie Terminator becomes a reality. I guess you can call him God. He is an AI engineer and roboticist at Boston Dynamics. Please welcome, is it Thom or Tom Morgan? Is a very, I mean, I'm not super Caucasian in in my appearance, (laughs) but you know, I do have one of the whitest names ever. So Tom Morgan (laughs) is how it goes. Uh, You can call me that. And uh, yeah, no, happy to be here. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I should have asked you that before we got started, because it's T-H-O-M for the listeners. Like, how the hell don't you know if it's Thom or Tom? Well, well you know, usually Tom I'm is just T-O-M. trying to just trying to hold on to the little uh, Vietnamese heritage that I can, my Vietnamese <laughs> name. Uh, it's it's actually Tan Bak, so it's spelled with an A-T-H-A-N, so that's that's kind of why I try to hold ah. on to that, but you know. Oh, hell yeah, brother. All right, yeah. Thanks for being here. And, um, you know, when did mind. you realize you were a genius? Oh, that's a that's a far fetched uh, uh, accusation. How dare you call me a genius? Um, I mean, I'm mediocre at best, but I, you know, I I think that it 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 really was uh, a passion of mine to just get into robotics. So it's like it kind of just being a genius happened to me. It's uh you know it's just sometimes that's what happens, um, and it, it's another one of those uh, hardships that I have to have to kind of deal with, you know. Yeah, and I, I see in the background on your screensaver there, it almost looks like you're tapped into the Matrix. So Yeah, well, I, I did get an early uh, on the waiting list for Neuralink, so, you know. Are you serious? I actually am on the, the waiting list for Neuralink. Oh, uh, shit. Well, yeah, we, we should tell our uh, listeners that you are wheelchair-bound, correct? This is correct. I, uh, you know... I have a book out there that says 365 reasons why I am disabled. I'm kidding. That's one of my friends. He's, he's an author. I'll plug him a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I, I use a wheelchair since I was 16. Um, uh, it's a spinal cord injury. Um, and actually that's, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned that cause that's actually one of the main propelling factors behind why I am, you know, in robotics and working on things like that. It, it, it really helps. Like I'm a problem solver and it or not, disability has really forced me to experience some pretty darn unique problems that I never would have expected to, to live through. Um, so yeah, at Boston, I mean, one of the projects at Boston Dynamics was uh, with, uh, if anybody doesn't know, they're mostly owned privately by Hyundai and Hyundai has an exoskeleton that they're, they've been working on. And uh, that's one of the things and one of the projects that are at Boston Dynamics. Um, and yeah, Neuralink is also another one that I'm very interested in too. Me so, too. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what Neuralink is like specified for is people who are like mostly handicapped people, spinal cord injuries. Correct, correct. So, so what do you know exactly how it works? Like they go into your brain and, and implant a chip or what is it? So from what I have from the little research I've done, um I t- I can tell that they they kind of they they do create a little they cut a little bit out of your skull and then they go in and do this surgery with some very very fine uh superconductive like threads that go into a very specific part of your brain i'm guessing probably your occipital 
lobe, which is responsible for your your vision. Um, and then your cere- I, the, for this to work, if you're going to be able to control things, um, I guess you don't need to use the cerebellum because your vision can, you know, it can go two ways. It can send, like, you can pick up on electricity or electrical signals, um, and you can actually induce electrical signals into the visual part of your brain is what they're, that's what they're alleging. Um, and, uh, then you'd have a little kind of like, but you'd kind of have a, a socket that kind of sits on the outside of your skull. So you could have like, uh, and you would have like this little like quarter sized, you know, I guess it'd be the little neural link and it would just kind of, I guess, magnetically or kind of clip into your, your skull. And then you could, as that, as new models of that come out, you could actually replace it because by design, you would hope that like you wouldn't have to redo surgery over and over anytime there's a new model. The the surgery is really just for inserting the threads into your brain. Now, yeah, I, I, I just think that's like super interesting. And um, I mean, a lot of my friends are saying, you know, just wait for the clinical trials to go way beyond. <laughs> yeah, the second but, model. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Don't like, don't sacrifice your like your, your biggest asset. Uh, my mouth. I mean, my, my, my brain. Um, <laughs> you and I both, brother. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry. Uh, peanut gallery here. Um, yeah, no, but I, I find it super cool. I think one of the things I find interesting because it was the idea that he was saying that you could replay dream, you could record and replay dreams because that's some black mirror shit. It's well, it's not like you would record it in, in video format. You would actually just record it in electrical signal format. And then just replay those signals back into your. Oh, yeah, oh, and, you, Jesus, man. yeah. Okay. and you just replay that electricity back into your your visual cortex, and however you perceive that kind of electrical signal, because that's just unique to the way your brain is, it may or may yeah, it may or may not feel like that dream again. Right. Um, this is so science fiction. This is so right? bizarre that we're right? here having this and, discussion. Oh, <laughs> so so actually, I want I want to start off. Uh, so again. Um, I appreciate the compliments about being the genius and all, but oh, no, yeah. I, I think, I think uh, uh, just for all the listeners out there, like, you know, you, you can pretty much do anything you put your mind to not to sound super cheesy. And, and what I mean by this is like, I, I didn't even get into, you know, computer science and, and developing or even robotics or AI. Um, I mean, I didn't even know you could have that as a career until I was like almost graduating college. Um I, it just, I didn't know you could get paid to do it. I just kind of did it for fun because it was interesting. Um, and, and believe it or not, before I joined Boston Dynamics, I, I was a, I was a web developer. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah? I never, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I just did websites and, and, and things like that. And a friend of mine was just like, you know, would, you know, what's your dream job? And I was like, I, I don't know. I mean, it'd be really cool to work for a, you know, a small company that's really focused yeah. on, uh, life-changing technology kind of things like we've been talking about now was that your thought robotics. because your accident had already happened like you oh, were yes, you yes, into yes. robotics before the accident or no and i'm sorry i don't even know if it was an accident or not i'm sorry yeah no it was, yeah, it was a it was a accident doing some stupid teenage things that we do at 16 you know yeah uh yeah. just parkour parkour but, oh shit uh, man yeah yeah no that's right it you know uh like i said i'm i i i it has helped build the person I am today. Exactly. Um, and, you know, once Neuralink starts working, I'll be doing that parkour again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's the first thing I want to do. Okay, no, That's fucking thing hilarious. Do, first thing I want to do is go on a hike with my dog. Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, 
but um yeah no i was very much into robotics um i think i just my knack has always been mainly with web design and, and like full stack development um and then like you know i was like maybe i'd work for like robot like you know boss dynamics i mean like i like i remember seeing the very original videos where i like it was so weird like oh yeah, man dude and i was just like cgi like what because um, it moves, it moves so funny. It doesn't move like, like anything an animal. in this world, right? It does look like, like CGI, like an alien. Yeah. Um. And, and it was in the first ones were they were very military looking. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. And kind of, kind of a little terrifying, but put a gun on um, that thing's arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, um, you know, I looked on their website and like there's there was a they wanted a full stack developer. I'm like, what the heck do they need a a full stack developer for? Um. And you know, a few few months later, they they said that we want you, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Um, yeah, and and I only have incredible things to say about like, the work environment. The like, for, I mean, I I definitely love being able to go there and feel like I'm not the only nerd. Like it's 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 incredible. Like I, I mean, I'm I I also feel like I'm in like the middle to lower half of intelligent people there, which is me, which means I'm always learning. Like there's you always found your somebody, people. Yes, yes. I'm always there. And I'm uh, when I'm there, I'm always learning something new. People are talking oh, about whatever, like we're at lunch and they're like talking about what like crypto or whatever project they're working on. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, uh-huh. Whoa. Like, I'm just like, this is, this is dope. Like, and it's just, just like everyone's true. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. That's one of the lucky things, man, that your passion has become your career. So I'm sure working doesn't even so feel lucky. like fucking work. You look forward to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, and I, I'm, I'm very grateful and very lucky for that privilege. That's awesome. Um, so, what is the main objective of Boston Dynamics? That's a really great question. So, uh, when, as we all know, one of the first robots that we saw in kind of social media was either. I mean, obviously, we saw Big Dog, which was the kind of janky one walking on ice and being kicked around. I think right, that one was right. the first, like that was that was one of the first ones that just kind of like was was a shocker, um, but believe it or not, as as terrifying as they look, the Boston Dynamics projects were actually oriented around uh, search and rescue or or uh, emergency response, and they still are. Um, Atlas uh, Atlas is the bipedal robot. They are also very oriented around uh, search and rescue and disaster response. So one of the main key factors and uh, one of the main uh, purposes for these robots and, you know, many, everyone's like, oh, my God, robots are going to take all the jobs. Well, reason one of the reasons I really like Boston Dynamics's mission um, is that the jobs that they want to take first and pretty much I don't think they will ever really kind of go outside of this are the three D's dirty, dull and dangerous. They want to take jobs that should not be jobs for human beings like they want gotcha. to give they want you know and and actually i i mean i have that's probably a conversation for another time when i if we want to talk about you know should people be working now that ai and robots may potentially be taking them like that's maybe a complex we be living, conversation yeah right mm -hmm. um but yeah so one of the cool examples for spot could be that if there were well, obviously like bomb disassembly um Ooh. hostage uh hostage situations uh, search and rescue is, is an obvious one. Another one is if you have an expert, for example, in uh, construction and there is like a bridge collapse and there's a lot of dangerous structural problems. And normally that expert with 
20, 30 years of experience would have to go in there and risk his life to evaluate what's going on. But now, now you can send in a spot and he wears an Oculus and he controls the entire spot with the Oculus remotely. And so, yes, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's very incredible to me that now if that were to collapse, we, we only lose a bit of hardware. Uh, granted, it's, it's expensive right. hardware, but that person and that, that expert and that 30 yeah. years of knowledge is, is, is priceless. And if yeah, you lose that technology that, is replaceable. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. So th- yeah. those are some of my favorite examples of, of just disaster response and search and rescue. And so anytime, you know, like there were the, the Hawaii fires and things like that, like yeah. anytime I see those things, I, I immediately, I'm just like, man, we really got to kind of, you know, Right now, we're we are we are kind of transitioning into trying to work with manufacturing and all those other things, because um, as you know, it started as a as an MIT offshoot, mm-hmm. um, yep. and now we've got we've got rolling out uh, other robots like Stretch, and so now we're actually working with you know business and supply chains. But um, and I see all these search and rescue or these disasters uh, going on around the world, and I'm just like it, it gets me energized that hopefully you know, we can, we can find an application for, or others who, you know, third parties that buy spots and are, are other robots can take those situations and apply the, apply these robots to those use cases. That would make the most sense. Search and rescue. Maybe they can have like a, like, you know, a police, there's some cops that have like a canine unit. Maybe they can have a guy in the force that has like the little Boston dynamic dog or something. How is the, the Boston dynamic uh, dog, like, who controls it? Is there a, a hub where someone's controlling it? Is it from a phone or is this all on their own? So there, there are several modes that the robot can be controlled. Um, so you can have a, there's, you can have a tablet um, that you can control with. Uh, you can even control it with joysticks. Frankly, uh, like you can, tw- you can control it with like an Xbox controller. You can control My it with a tablet. Yeah, dude. <laughs> You can control it with an Oculus. You can, and with the tablet, you could also do like uh, action resolution. So like it, um, or at least the goal, like, you know, you touch something and it, you know, picks it up rather than, you know, just walking to something. It, or you can, if it sees stairs, it'll automatically walk upstairs. So oh, you don't Jesus. actually have, to, you don't actually have to tell it to go upstairs. You just say, I want you to go here. And if there happen to be stairs on the way, it'll, it'll just navigate there. So kind of a, a user experience that you would expect kind of for uh, any kind of drone-like thing that, you know, like you don't want to have to basically go over there, you know, like the Roombas, you don't have to go and like, oh my God, there's a stinking rug. I'm sorry. And you have to like, <laughs> yeah. it, it gets stuck on the rug. And I, that was one thing I hated about so much about my, my Roomba is that I'd be at work and I, I live on a single floor. I mean, obviously, like, well, actually, I have a couple stairs in my place because that makes a lot of sense for a wheelchair user. Sure does. But, <laughs> but I would, I would get this notification from my watch saying Roomba is stuck on a cliff. I'm like, I'm Wait, on what? the, fir- <laughs> I'm on the first floor. Don't like, do it, Roomba. I, I have no, I, I have a flat. Like, what? Yeah, what? The <laughs> Where's the ledge? But it, it would be like stuck on, a, it'd be like stuck on a on a on a rug or something. I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? Took a <laughs> like, drive out to the Grand Canyon is just debating its life right now. Like autonomous, <laughs> my front wheel. Jeez, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. So, do do humans find like is is the hardest thing for a robot? like walking upstairs i feel like some of the things that humans take for granted that that we just see as like everyday things 
is hard for a robot to do. And I think I, th- I thought I read this was like walking upstairs or, or like doing something very basic was very hard for a robot to do. That oh that I mean that's that that's a good point. I I think the the toughest task for for robots obviously it changes as advancements get made. Yeah, I know that um, the ability to map your environment and navigate it at the same time. I know there's a keyword for this, and as a roboticist, quote quote, web, I'm still a web developer. I should know the term for this, but um, it, the ability to kind of map your environment and and create waypoints, basically create a pathway of goals and a mission all at the same time. That used to be like that used to be the state of the art problem about you know five five ten years ago, and and now that's that's kind of mastered. Um, wow, but I would say that you have a lot of. I think what we are mostly working with now are a lot of edge cases, and by because you've got robots that can. I mean, you have OpenCV. If anyone knows, it's an open source project that allows for simple cameras to be able to do object resolution, like a person, a bike, or anything, just from a video feed. Um, and this is something that a lot of robots use. Um, just in general, um, but OpenCV or similar kinds of frameworks um, have really simplified the ability to do object resolution. But what to do with objects is still kind of, I guess, in the works. So it's like, I think, for example, you might like a, a good example of this is actually the the cruise cars, the Google Cruise, yeah, and yeah. and all of their autonomous vehicles. Which technically, if you think about it, those are robots. All like these are any any. I mean, cars are basically robots on wheels. And one of the interesting use cases, or one of the, sorry, the edge cases that Cruz was struggling with, well, there was two. I don't know if you heard about when the, all of the, there was a, there was a festival and basically all of the cell towers were being oversaturated. Oh, and shit. So, <laughs> and so all of the cruise cars in that particular area just stopped on the oh, road. Oh, boy. It, like that's literal black mirror crap where it's like <laughs> yeah, dude, that's you know, a problem like and it was just like for 30 minutes no traffic could move that's and, creepy and so, oh it was super weird but uh as i was saying when it comes to like what's what's like the difficult thing for robots doing in terms of navigation and and like what they do with objects and so i think stairs is definitely a is, is definitely a really cool one I, I i will say just you know i may be a little biased that boston dynamics has completely mastered that one so that is like no problem for us. But <laughs> I've um, seen the videos. You're not lying, right? They're oh, and, I've, and they're just it's just it's actually really satisfying to go to walk a spot up and down stairs, and it just like figures it out. Um, but I think like so like Cruz ran over a couple of dogs. I think, yeah. Oh God. And, it's just, <laughs> I, and and I know, and it's just like you do that. You're not a company anymore. I'm kidding, Google. Like whatever. I can say whatever about Google I don't want because you know they're they'll, they'll pay somebody else to to basically defame me after this podcast but so this game um, works i know right but and and actually that's really important because it's just like you know it you know if i, I actually have an ev like a, i i actually drive a tesla just for the technology because it's so interesting to be able to see how it resolves other objects and there's no difficulty in actually resolving an object. The difficulty is in, is deciding what to do with the object. So it's like if you see a dog, it may recognize that as like you know an, an just an animal on like 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 fauna. Like do I like is it 
and then you also have to navigate the laws of the road. And so it's just like there's there's all these complex levels upon levels of of just rules that you have to follow and business logic. And I think that's the step we're at right now is that many times we will see an like now that like we can navigate most difficult environments, it's what do I do with the objects around me and there are a lot of there are a lot of compl complex situations that you could mess up and you have to be able to write a framework that can kind of i guess improvise and be like i'm just going to wait a second and not hit that or i'm going to look at that and it's like that looks kind of like you know you know for example like a robot might have a stepping height where it's like where yeah. it recognizes that some like at a certain height it needs to actually kind of step above it or it's or, or it's impasse but like if it's lower than that it'll just keep walking over it like you know like nothing and so it's like if you got a small dog that's oh. smaller than that step it'll just step on the dog yeah you like know? a little teacup it's just gonna exactly smash it, smash it exactly to oh no <laughs> right, right. And so these are the kinds of things it's like, and and that's what I would, that's where I would, I'd say our biggest, like struggle in just all robotics companies at the moment are edge cases, is like, things that we have, like situations we haven't thought about, mostly safety situations, in my opinion. And maybe yeah. and I don't know if that'll transition to, you know, like once we, I don't know if there'll be a point in like the next three to five years, maybe 10, where most safety issues revolving around robots have basically been experienced among across all robotics companies. And um, like, you know, now the next, the next, uh, you know, group of, of like, you know, problems to navigate or edge cases yeah. to navigate could be something else. But right now Something's I think it's always it's, going yeah. to arise. There's always going to be an issue. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You can't well, solve mean, everything. Yeah. I will, I will anticipate that it will be a lot of, um, now that there's a race for humanoid robots, especially with like Tesla's, um, yeah, what the call it? fuck yeah. is going on with that? I saw like, I saw some little oh, hummings man, about little, that. What it's, is it's, that dude? That's yeah, that's freaky. Um, yeah, yeah. Tesla's Tesla's, uh, humanoid robot. I mean, like th that's literally like exactly how iRobot started that you, Hell you yeah. had, you had humanoid Butler slaves and they became sentient and yeah and now we, we can't even rest. rely on will smith anymore to save us because he's out there slapping chris rock so it's like who do we got <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> yeah keep your chat gpt out of my wife's <laughs> out of your mouth <laughs> Hell yeah. That's oh man insane so yeah dude are you afraid about like what is going to happen once once we have those humanoids like it how controlled are these goddamn things i mean that's like the yeah. the question about everyone it's, it's, it's like some... does terminator happen or like what what's happening here <laughs> i have a so I, there are a couple of i guess opinions i have about this or or, or theories so there also first off there needs to be supply and demand i don't really know if there's a demand for the humanoid robots uh it's surprisingly it, it you would think i mean and all it takes is eventually there is a demand because i think that someone's going like it's inevitable that somebody's gonna be like i want this it's so freaking cool Listen, and i man, want if, everyone if else billionaires to want it. Are, are going down to go see the titanic and a goddamn submersible oh they're God, going to yeah. want fucking humanoids yeah so the <laughs> stupid shit like the, the stupid shit like the thing is the fact that it can happen and the fact that it can it can become normalized yeah. means that yeah. someday it will i just don't <laughs> yes i don't 
know how how soon that's going to be because the market research definitely doesn't actually support that, which is interesting. That's uh, people just people are just kind of like not. It's not even like scared. It's just not not interested. But it does come down to just marketing because it's just like if you didn't have to do chores no more. Yeah, you know, if they could market it just the right way that everyone's just like, you know, and actually. Even me, as somebody as a wheelchair user, hell, if I could have something do chores for me, I mean, I, that's literally what I wanted a spot for. Um, I mean, so it's not too far fetched. The would thing you is, rather also, have a robot doing chores for you, or would you rather have a chip inside of you so you can do it yourself? I'd rather have the robot. <laughs> I know that's bad. I know that's bad, and that's. I mean, this is why I'm confused about the market research. But I think it's just maybe people haven't aren't ready yet. Like people, like it just really hasn't. They they haven't dreamt of this future, I guess, um, because they're they're busy doing other things. Because it's just like because if I could have something doing chores for me, or my chores just were non-existent, I could be out there hiking with my dog. Um, yes, you know, living. Yes, and I do think that that is kind of where where we're headed. But um, on another on another scope of things, I think that we need to also I think definitely the idea of uh, so I have a cybersecurity background as well. Um, so web I do a lot of web and had cybersecurity background. So this was kind of uh, this is relevant in in many regards to AI alignment. Um, AI alignment is kind of the idea of well that's not my that's not my word. Uh, that's actually I think kind of coined by or pushed or plugged a lot by OpenAI. Alignment is the idea of keeping artificial general intelligence. That's artificial intelligence of the capacity of a human, of, of a, I would say a human being with like an IQ of 180. So like an Einstein plus version of AI. But this AI is not just, I mean, it's not just an AI with like 180 plus IQ. It can plug immediately into the internet and access things at the speed of a regular computer. Now, I think that's also the project as, an, as a slight tangent. The idea of how Neuralink could work is that if we could get, if we could plug our brains in the same way, we would be on par with an AGI if it came out. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like, okay, there's going to be the way the shit is trending, there's going to be a moment when we have a chip inside of us. We're one with the robot. I feel like mm -hmm. it's going that way. There's going to be another group of humans that are so against this, but they're going to get so fucking left behind that there's going to be this division. Like you almost have to implement this into yourself if you want to stand a chance in the future. I believe they're okay. So I've, I, it's been a bit since I kept up with this, like a couple, and, and when I say a bit, like a couple weeks, like it's you get, like, <laughs> oh, okay. because, oh, because no. And I'm, what I mean by this is like so much is happening in AI right now. You miss it. You miss a day. You are behind. Really? That's it's how really, fast it moves. Uh, it's, 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 oh, it's, that's crazy. It's a little, it's a little crazy. Oh um, my God. Yeah. But then your computer screen just goes blood red. It's like, you better not talk about it. There's, there's <laughs> something called, uh, there's the there's there are almost like two political parties uh, that have formed around AI. They're oh, like, no. the, and I I'm not going to have the proper names for them because I I I've, it's just been a bit. It's been a couple weeks that I've. But there's the I think there's the um, the ones that are really oh yeah they're that I guess basically the evangelical like Xers like they are okay. existentialists. They're yeah. super conservative, really worried about this technology causing a lot of problems. And then sure. there are the accelerators who are like, 
the only way that this, the problems are going to get solved is if we unleash every all research and allow all like you know make it all open source and everybody just plows into the and, and, and just goes into it and they are like they they are they both are interested in ai but they both can be very conflicted um and so no i from and the thing is like since i have a cybersecurity background but i also am a developer i i like to think of myself on both teams which is a little it, it's conflicting but it helps because you know i i do have worries about existential problems but i don't necessarily think that they will be I don't think if we had existential issues when it comes to artificial intelligence, it would be the result of the technology. It would be the result of bad actors using the technology. So like for guns, the same reason, exactly. I was exactly <laughs> like guns. Yeah. Like you can use a knife to cut up, you know, vegetables, or you can use it to hurt people. Most people choose to use it to cut vegetables and meat, yeah. but you know, it can be used for bad and, that's that's kind of it, that's really no different when it comes to this type of technology. A, yeah, a mental health aspect is giant too. Should there be some kind of regulations if you should be able to use this shit? Like some kind of yeah. test that you could take, you know? So I think it's interesting is that all of this has been hyped or I guess like brought to the attention of the general public in terms of artificial intelligence by generative AI. So like neur, neur, like neural networks and this level of data science have actually existed for for almost a decade. So like, yeah, like this this kind of, and the thing is what's even more interesting is that generative AI is not the one I'm concerned about. Oh like, Jesus. <laughs> generative AI is just an algorithm. Like it's it's literally just a math algorithm. If you actually I don't know um, if you've if you kind of understand how the model works, but if you can a good example for me that I like to exp uh, how to explain large language models is that Imagine you have like a bit, you just have like, like an Oracle that has, or, or let's say a librarian, you're a librarian and you have access to certain books. Now, if you're like ChatGPT, you have a big library because yeah. you've, you know, you've collected from all the like authors and everything. And so a, you know, you just ask the library, um, you know, like they don't, the library, the librarian has no idea what you're talking about. You say, um, you know, you say my sentence is I have a blah, blah, blah and a blah, blah, blah. And then it just go. They just go and look up a book and they say, mm. is this what you're is this what you were looking for? It's and overwhelmed then, and taking a guess at that point. Yeah, it's well, it's it's basically taking a guess based off of it's it's called. This is why it's called completion. It's a completion algorithm. It literally just completes oh, what you give it. Okay. So it. and then and then the read and then it starts to sound interactive. Why? Because when the first time you interact with it, the first, your, your prompt is what you asked it. But the next prompt is actually what you first asked it, what it responded, and then what you asked it after that response. All three of those, all three sentences of that conversation become the new prompt for the next completion. And so it's actually, pro so it processes all parts of the conversation. And so it, be it starts to sound very interactive because it's reprocessing the whole conversation as the prompt each time you talk to it. Wow. And so, yeah, and there's so it's not understanding anything. It, it, it literally is. It's it's pure math, which is really mind liar. It's, oh, it's <laughs> it's so incredible, though. Um, I think the ones that I'm more concerned with, and this was actually what the drama with Sam Altman was. I was going to bring uh, that up. I want uh, to. Yeah. yeah. 
the whole the whole Sam Altman drama mm-hmm. was surrounded about was real quick. Uh, let's tell the listeners who Sam Altman is. He's the uh, sure. he's the owner of ChatGPT. Is that correct? That's and correct. He got, well, he uh, got uh, CEO. I don't CEO. know who technically owns. Uh, since they're, I, I I think technically Microsoft owns most of them, or maybe so not enough of them to actually. Yeah, that's I, I'm not I'm not from too familiar, but Microsoft does own at least six billion some odd investment in them. So he was the head honcho at chat GPT essentially. And then mm-hmm. got let go for a couple weeks. Was it a month? Yeah. The board, and then they so allowed the board of directors. In? Yeah. The board of directors yeah. were just like, no, no, no. Like blah, blah, blah. We're just going to, well, they just called him up and just said, Hey, yeah. by the way, you're fired. Yeah. Um, and then they, and then they announced it um, almost immediately after to the public. And it was not received well at all by most most everyone, including the company and all of its employees. Yeah, I mean Microsoft yeah. was livid. Microsoft had no idea; they didn't hear about it until oh, it was really? public. Oh, uh-uh. really? Whoa! Nope. Microsoft was livid. They were. That's they handled it. They, they handled it on Twitter very like or X very you know sure as as best as you can in terms of just image. But yeah, and mm-hmm. actually Microsoft was just like. Um, if any of you are dissatisfied at OpenAI, we are going to hire Sam Altman, and, uh, and 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 you and all of you are going to be compensated. There'll be jobs for all of you. Now, Whoa. That, that was a big power move, just to kind of. I mean, I, there, there's a lot of speculation as to whether they were actually like they were if they were just bluffing. Mm. And there's a lot of speculation saying that like that would be like it the the chances that that would happen were really slim. So it was a good it was a good bluff to make, even if it wasn't exactly up. yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then most, and then about, I think it was like nine, like it was like almost, almost all, every single employee signed some sort of petition saying, uh, no, like we, we like Sam Altman. And if he doesn't, you know, if, if the entire board doesn't resign and on the way out assign new board directors and bring Sam back, like we're done, we're going to Microsoft. So what's the speculation that they got rid of Sam Altman? Do we do we know anything at okay, this point? Again, so yeah, uh, just forgive my 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 blotchiness on the on the on the details because again I have I it sounds so funny like I don't think I've listened so now I will actually I will so I got most of my intel from another podcast uh, which I'll plug called the AI Breakdown. Really, AI I would breakdown. really recommend it such a good it's a, it's a really good podcast uh if you're just really into if if you're feeling like you can't keep up with ai news because so much crap is happening all the time um but he does a really good analysis um of just all the events that are happening day by day and who's the, uh, who's I, the host of that do you know uh, his name is nathaniel but he goes by nl not nlp it's uh uh yeah it's the ai breakdown on spotify by nathaniel AI breakdown. It's all good. We got AI breakdown on Spotify. They'll find it. Are you looking it up? Yeah, yeah, real quick. It's uh, yeah, NLW. Boom. Yeah. Okay. He's a, he's a oh, he's great. He's and I've actually been so you know I'm I'm in the process of trying to kind of figure out and navigate how to do podcasting of my own. Um, I have one that I'm. It's a, kind of experimental, so it's called Merging of the Minds. Um, but most of it's actually uh, AI voice cloned which is very interesting. Damn. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm, uh, and so I, I get to spend more time on the content and how it's written rather than worrying about production and right, quality right. of production. Oh, that's um, fun. So I get to, I have more time to do deeper research, 
yeah. better facts and less time focused on reshooting things over and over and over and over and over. Merging of the minds. Um, That's dope. Yeah, it's it's currently definitely in experimental um, pilot phase. But if you're interested in just watching me do A-B testing while I do that, by all means, go ahead and listen. All right, we'll do it. But yeah, okay. uh, back, so back to, to the, yeah, the speculation about Sammy Altman. Yes, Sammy Altman. So there was I I don't remember we're gonna, I don't remember her actual name, but I believe I'm, we're just going to use go with the name Karen because she Sounds was kind of Karen. Course. <laughs> um that was on the board and sam was like so sam had you know that there is a chip sh chip shortage right now and what i mean by a chip shortage is that these large language models and all of this ai requires a fuck ton of compute power yeah, like yeah. so much compute power like there are only so many organizations period that can even play ball in this this ai race I mean, you've got Microsoft, you've got Google, you've got Amazon, mm -hmm. Facebook. Good luck. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that's fine. For, for real, this is why Facebook went the whole went the whole open source route. <laughs> like, really, they they're kind of like they don't have a they don't really have a they they, they just invested in the wrong crap like the metaverse. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, Apple does Apple does have a stake in this but my speculation is that they're not doing cloud computing um because their brand is all about personal security they want a large language model that can run on your phone without internet but Ooh. yes Ooh. and so that that explains to me so uh i'm actually kind of very intimate with the details of how open ai i mean obviously it was a nonprofit, but their mission has been we need to ensure that AGI, artificial general intelligence, an AI that is somewhat omnipotent, not quite there yet, that's ASI. And ASI would be artificial superior intelligence. That is an intelligence that is beyond levels of omnipotence that even the human brain can comprehend. We're not there yet. But AGI is just, if you can imagine, an actual superhuman genius that is basically like Iron Man level like intelligence that oh yeah and um their mission is that it is to build agi that is aligned and that's where the term alignment comes from with human benefit and human interests so to benefit humanity and what they recognized is well to do this and this is i think what every uh i guess every company that is trying to create agi um is recognizing is that well if someone all it takes is for the first person who does it to do it wrong and everything could be catastrophic now this is all just theory it's all just theory like who's saying that like i mean i get it like as a cybersecurity, having a cybersecurity background sure you know you you create a really you create a bad technology and it goes rogue i guess but it there's a lot of steps between letting something that is rogue and complete world catastrophe like you have to hook it up to things you have to give it access privileges you have to really like you got to put a human robot in every single home you know yeah. Like, i mean yeah but um they they realized well we can't compete because we need to be able to train and so that's why they saw at microsoft we don't have the compute power we do not have enough gpus tpu or a gpu is a graphics processor unit there's something called a TPU, which is a tensor processing unit. That is just a 
it's similar to a graphics card and a CPU, a computational processing unit. It's a TPU, and the T stands for tensor. And a tensor is just a fancy way of, it's just a fancy mathematical structure mm. that okay. is used very specifically in artificial intelligence. And so they need buttloads and buttloads of TPUs. And I'm just the H100 is like, I think like $10,000 plus dollars. Um, and you need like eight of you need like eight plus of them just to do some train, like, you know, elementary training. So like, this is like become the next level. This has been the next kind of bottleneck for AI is we need more chips. It's not that we don't have enough resources on the planet. It's like, we have actually not built enough of these yet. Like we actually have like thirst for more compute power because there's a business need for it. And we just don't have enough computers that have been built yet. And so Sam was trying to go out there and build another like company or start another company to create more TPUs. And so he was going into Saudi Arabia. And as we, and some of the viewers or listeners may not know, there's a pretty, you know, strict right now in this, uh, I, I never thought I'd ever get into politics, but right now there's a pretty strict kind of export um, restriction to right. China because we're in direct competition in this AI war with China. And so the idea was that if AI chips get into the hands of Saudi Arabians by indirection, they'll land in yeah. the hands of the Chinese. And so this became really kind of uh, apparent to the board. And they're like, are you you know, supporting these things? And then that was, so believe it or not, there actually is, uh, um, this is all just speculation, by the way. So I'm, there's two speculations. No one actually knows why he got fired <laughs> like oh, to this day. To this day, um, that's so insane. That was, that's such yeah, a big issue. Right? It's such a what big issue. What is that? It's yeah. like, how are we supposed to trust the company that is going to build the ultimate AGI if we have no idea what's going on in the company? Yeah, um, lack of visibility is frightening. Same with the oh, fucking Epstein Island shit. Like, just release the list, dude. <laughs> seriously. And then there's the other thing called uh, Q Star. So the first one is maybe he's supporting Saudi Arabian companies, and we got to like you know that's that's you know whatever that's geopolitical problems. Maybe that's why they fired him. Um, and one was that maybe uh, he was defending the company's honor, um, or like because one of the board of directors had basically tarnished the name of OpenAI in in an interview like directly it's like well that's just definitely not in the business interest it's not saying that you're going to lie about the company but directly saying that it you know it it is is not as good as one of its competitors is a little it could probably be worded better yeah um, interesting and and then i think a third speculation was this model called QStar which is the model that i'm concerned about Mainly there we because, go. Yeah. And it, it's, it, and, and what I mean by concern is that I hope that, I mean, and I also am hoping that other individuals in AI, and I'm, I think it's like, I don't even consider myself uh, at the forefront of AI. Uh, I definitely um, need a lot more, because uh, like I wasn't there like 20 years ago at Google when they, when because they, I don't know if anyone actually knows, ChatGPT came from Google. Really? Yeah. A lot of stuff comes from Google. And basically, you get that some really sense, smart. Though. Yeah, yeah. It, it started. I mean, I mean, believe it or not, Boston Dynamics used to be owned, used to be owned by Google as well. Google does everything. Google, yeah, like, okay. Google is our <laughs> god. That's <laughs> Google's an interesting. I mean, what I think is interesting. They well, they they know how to find talent and they know how to hire talent and they know how to give that talent the resources it needs to create incredible stuff. 
So like, and what happens a lot of the time is that they give them the resources and then they're like, wow, what am I capable of? And then they break off and start their own companies. Mm. Um, and this, mm. has, this has happened on a right, like repeatedly. And like, literally that's what happened with OpenAI. These people were like, I'm super smart. I got and they're like, oh my God, I'm at Google. This is so great. And then like, they gave all these resources to them and then just like, holy crap, there is so much more that I <laughs> yeah. can do. And then they I am break Iron off Man. and create, and then they create OpenAI. And, and that's, that's literally where ChatGPT, like the GPT model came from. Um, but I think the, you know, the thing that we have to be concerned about with QSTAR is that it's not just a, an algorithm like generative, like at large language models, it large language models are trained basically once and fine tuned once. And then basically you just use them literally like a tool. You give them something, they give you something back. You give them something, they give you something back, right? What's the, there are other kinds of artificial like, you know, neural network models or AI models that are constantly being trained in making decisions. So once you attach something to a decision tree, that's, a, that, that's when you start encountering more significant safety issues. So like a large language model has quote, quote, safety issues because it can spit out toxic information. I get it. I mean, that is sometimes a safety issue, but it's not like a dire safety issue. Right, right. But like in Tesla's, you've got those, uh, like the car, if it's in autopilot self-drive mode, it's now attached to decision trees, meaning that in certain circumstances, it's going to have to decide, do I hit this motorcyclist or yes. do I hit this van or do I hit this van? Yes. Um, and it, it, and the thing is like, we have some logical input into that, but there is a model that is making that decision. And so the model that you choose is extremely important because it's literally life or death. And I believe most of the models will actually pick the car, even though it's a guaranteed kill when it hits, no, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll hit the motorcyclist, even though it's a guaranteed kill because the, it'll, the car will not hit another car that could hit another car. Um, there was a weird question I heard. I thought it was very fascinating is would the car hit, would the car hit a squirrel or another car? And what's the size of that animal where it starts to decide that, okay, this is more important. So will it yeah. avoid a deer? Will it avoid right. like an elephant? Right. Like you keep going up, you know? I mean, there's no elephants no, it goes, out here. But. That goes right back to our conversation before about like the, the struggles of AI right now or, or where, where robots are struggling at the moment. And I think it's, it's decision trees. And if we don't really, it's, it's a great segue because decision trees is where we are at now. So like, sure, we can navigate things, we can climb steps, we can fly drones 20 kilometers away from us. And then they fly home on their own when they're low on battery and they already calculated it. And by the time they get back, they just charge themselves and go back and do surveillance. Right, right. Like, holy shit. But Amazing. It's, it's, it's incredible. But the, the technology is insane. But if you start attaching these things to decision processes, like uh, it becomes very unsafe very quickly if you aren't careful. So for example, uh, before I talk a little bit more about QSTAR, like one of the examples that I, I found very concerning was in China, they started using artificial intelligence to help, or basically they have this law in China where satellites are not allowed to uh, basically be targeted or aimed at anything without absolute approval from a human. But for some reason, they created some sort of research project that just kind of bypassed that and they said oh, God, well, we're kind of we're kind of we're kind of curious what we do if we let ai be in charge of our satellite 
Okay. Um, and it started just, it started, it literally started surveilling a lot of really crazy shit, including some of like some top secret US stuff. And the US was not happy about that. Whoa. Uh, China, China was not very happy about that either. I, I can't recall the article, but this was, and this was like a year and a half ago. Like, like, and, and this is, yeah, this is even before, uh, I think the whole chat GPT thing, but I mean, that's, that's really concerning because like, these are things that they had no idea. They just wanted to know what will it look at? Um, and that's the first place it goes, huh? And, and the fact that there were th- like this, the, the fact that this was a problem after it happened, even more concerning, like that should never have been allowed. Um, it is so a problem. Many, yeah. Right. Like Whoa. how many more, how many more places are we going to attach an AI just because we're curious to some decision tree? Like, yeah. what, and like how far away from that is that to actually controlling missiles? You know, I was like, about to say, yeah, then the catastrophe eight? happens, then you come on and you're like, ah, well, we wanted to see. Exactly. And, and and the thing is, like, we don't have state-of-the-art, we don't have omnipotent AGI yet. I So I firmly believe if we did have AGI and ASI, they would be better at controlling those things than human beings and the entire planet. Like, here's they the, should here's be the in, problem, yeah. is that but we're AGI, not there yet. AGI is... Is it programmed by humans? So it has human features or no? So that's the interesting thing. Um, LL, so it gets it can get complicated. So I want to start with some building blocks. So you got large language models, which really just kind of help you speak to and communicate with artificial intelligence using natural language. At least that's where that's the theory I have. That's where it's going to basically start. So like L, an LLM is not intelligent. However, in, in an intelligent system, which is what this is what an AGI will end up being. It's an it's a it's a it's a bunch of artificial intelligent models linked together that were engineered together by a group of people, and one of the components of it will be a la- large language model AI model that it will use to be able to communicate with human beings, okay. so that it can gather information, gather requirements, and get you know update you on progress. But that is literally that's like almost saying like basically you know ChatGPT for an AGI is the English language for us is based. It's, it's not interesting. Okay. Our, our, our our spoken speech isn't intelligent. It's a, it's, it's a mechanism by which we are able to talk. Yep. AGI will be a bunch of artificially artificial intelligent models that interact with one another and eventually are attached to decision trees. Cause otherwise it's kind of uh, the only, if otherwise the only decision tree is the large language model that spews suggestions at you. But the so I many of you probably play video games. I think one of the most familiar AI models you ha- probably interact with on a regular basis are NPCs. So Q star is very similar to NPCs. So if you think about it, um, and so the I, well to to start off, uh, Q star the reason Q star is significant is it actually can solve real math problems. You know, large language models can't do that, um, and it has re- this thing like so large. LLM, like ChatGPT, gives the illusion of critical thinking. QSTAR has critical thinking. So not sentience, but critical thinking. So like it doesn't know what it's doing, but it is able to critic it is able to solve problems it has never seen before. Is that the point um, where you you go from it's not intelligence to intelligence? I would I would say that. I would say this, I would say QSTAR thinking. is an action. I would say, yeah, I would say that QSTAR it, I, that, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's where I would draw the line. I yeah. think Q star is an actually intelligent algorithm, whereas uh, 
large language models like ChatGPT are just highly, they have the illusion of intelligence, but they're they're still strictly algorithms, like mathematical or, algorithms. Or all just misusing the word AI. We're throwing that shit around <laughs> like it's, you know. I mean, I think artificial it, intelligence. It is, I do think in artificial intelligence is a very broad word, so I don't think there's a wrong, I don't potentially think there's a wrong way to use it. I think, because I think even the illusion of intelligence is a version of intelligence, but it's not the kind of like intelligence that we would kind of compare to ourselves. So like, yeah. So like, I would say that QSTAR is is something where we we could actually start comparing that to human intelligence. And so when I, so when I brought up uh, NPCs, so QSTAR is similar to NPCs in that like, um, NPCs are, they, they are just kind of instances of an artificial intelligent model that are able to identify other characters in the game and decide, and they know what type of character they are. Are they an enemy? Are they the user or this or that? And then they go ahead and have a certain mission that they go and do. And they base, sometimes that mission is to kill, to attack the user, like the player. Right. Um, and they use and so these are these are simple ai algorithms that are used to that are goal oriented so like they will basically be like i get points if i attack the user you know and so eventually those like there are certain game models where they can actually get better um, or they trained them on during the beta phase so that those npcs are trained to you know on to kind of work with all of like the the player different the different player styles so like it will try to like its goal is to put as much damage on the user and then they have 10,000 beta players play this and that is training the npc to creepy man uh -huh. that is how that's how a lot of games are made is yeah during the beta phase so it's like rather than you know hand programming that npc Got you it. actually you just say attack the player make as much damage and whatever does more damage keep doing that behavior and then it will go back and cycle and cycle and cycle and it retrains itself it's called reinforcement training and then when they release it, and then they stop training it, and then they release it to the public because 10,000 people in beta, that's enough to cover probably all of our players uh, and all the different people and the distribution of you know their, their, their playing styles. Now, QSTAR is like that on insane steroids. Um, oh, Jesus. And, and so like you can ask ChatGPT a math problem and sometimes it's right because somewhere in the library that it's in, in, in uh, it saw the equation four plus 12 or something. And then it looked for, it looked, it queried all the books. And this book says four plus 12 is 16. But then in a child's book, it says four plus 12 is three. Well, I, I'm, I don't really have a weight on which book is correct. Oh I my just God. Yeah. If, so you think about that, like, so, and, and somewhere on, and, and when I say the book, the yeah. book is the internet. So there'll be trollers out there who go like, what's, what's nine plus nine plus 10. Blending yeah. line. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like, um, and, and, and so really like, it depends on what the good image in my head when you did that. Thank you. <laughs> um, but really like the, it, it depends entirely, like large language models, the quality of them are, are strictly based on what it was trained on and what it's yeah. usually trained on is the internet. So and the internet's full of a bunch of fallacies and incorrect things, um, and that's why we have hallucinations, not because the LLM is wrong, but because the internet and what we've trained that LLM in is, is wrong. Um, and so it's really just reflecting, and actually, and that's a, this is a slight, slight tangent, but I found it really interesting. Um, 
there was a study that showed that ChatGPT during the holidays had uh, reliably 70% shorter responses. And that's not vacation. What the fuck? What? It what? And that was no. And that was the thing. They did controlled tests, and it turns out during the months of the holidays on the internet, sentences are about seventy percent shorter. Wow! Right, dude. ChatGPT was literally on vacation, and if you change Holy the timestamp, so like you can change the timestamp that you send ChatGPT. So if you say that today is not December, you say today is is like you know uh, April. Um, and it is December. It will change its prompt to be to fit April's time. Like, and nobody programmed this. Nobody programmed. I can see the, the, so many issues arising from this. Right, right. Nobody if, programmed if the this. Majority it's, of people, you know, said that I don't know, prostitutes should be dead. And it's like if they have the control to, like, you know, some kind of AI roam in the streets. Like, all right, well, majority think so. So here we go. That's li- it's, it's literally just it's really just a reflection of of the entire world. It's not, so yeah, it's not, so that's why it sucks at math. No offense. Not, no, offense. no, 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 no offense. But, but that's actually why it's not good at math because most of the internet does not have a lot of math on it. And if it does, most of it's not right. Um, now if it did, if it did have a lot of, like if it was trained on a ton of correct math, it would, it would again, have the illusion of being correct. But if I gave it a new math problem, it would not know how to handle it. That is what is super interesting about Q star. So like Q star, like it was able to, uh, you know, it, you, they trained it and they trained it. And eventually it was able to solve. Actually, now it's starting to solve problems that humans have never solved. And, oh, Jesus. What, like, yes. Do you have a, an example of that? Um, oh, man. And actually, this is also and not even just Q star. It's, uh, it's fun search by Google. The fun search uh, mathematical algorithm. Uh, by Google DeepMind, and I believe uh, what was the? Let me just. I'm gonna Google search this real quick. Uh, fun search. Uh, it was a proof that has not, has been unsolved for for almost centuries. Uh, unsolved problem now solved. Um, and this it, is new that it's so, yes. starting to solve shit like this. This is yeah, like a new feature. Just, <laughs> uh, fun, no, this is so fun search. I don't know if that's actually available to the public. Uh, DeepMind. Uh, but basically, yeah, and just like literally the December first, twenty twenty four, or twenty twenty three. Yeah, twenty. What year are you from? <laughs> I know. I was about to. I was like, hold, I mean, who are you? What have you wait, done? Who, wait, hold on. Who who's the president? <laughs> no, seriously. Who, who's, who's the, but Jay, like, I'm actually Joe asking Biden? who's the president. <laughs> it, it, it worked. <laughs> it, it it worked. God damn it! Send me, send me back to 1988, you bastard! <laughs> Wait, what were the Powerball numbers of, of, yeah, of 2020? Yeah. Hold on, it, it worked. 16, <laughs> Did you just say 30, 16 and 33? Yes. Um, <laughs> and then an asteroid no. hits next week. So <laughs> right, right, right. Um, well, I just need you to send a message to my younger self. I can do um, this. Yes, but. Uh, no, see, actually, if I was from the future, it's like, wait, damn, you're still in a wheelchair? Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing we couldn't help. fucking solve. I, I, fuck. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Um, but no, it was, oh, yeah, it's so deep. Yeah, they have a, a large language. So this was a large language. So this is interesting is that this actually is just a large language model that was able to solve a problem. It does use other things uh, as, as part of its uh 
artificial network. So large language models, like again, are based on what they're trained on. So like if you give it a bunch of different, so this one actually has reinforcement. I can send you the article for your 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 uh, show notes if you want. So please. Yeah, so this includes this is heavily includes what's called a large uh, we all large large language model, but yeah. it's one of the actual it's one of the components in what I would call an AI system. So an AI system is just a bunch of AI models that are all talking to to each other in some sort of cycle. One is basically taking information and outputting something and that becomes the input to another AI model which then processes it and then that becomes the input to another thing and it can even become cyclic. Um, and then at some point you, you know, you ask for like a final output. And so, yeah, Google's, Google's deep mind, uh, large language model called fun search has been able to solve some math problems. And this is not, uh, this is a little bit not surprising because some of the first, some math problems were unsolvable until the linear computer was invented. And now we have GPUs and TPUs, which have bar basically parallel computation, um, on astronomical levels compared to the linear CPU that, um, I mean, because of the number of cores, because I mean, even a linear CPU, if it has multiple cores can do parallel processing, but GPUs and TPUs do insane parallel processing to the, the orders of like 2048 cores uh, and, and such. So it's not surprising that some math problems are actually being solved now that we have new generative AI. But what is interesting about QSTAR, and I can send you an article about that for your show notes as well, QSTAR will not only be able to critically solve new problems that it's never seen, it will be able to explain how it came to that conclusion. Um, oh, and Jesus. not and, wow. and not and not the way that an LLM would, in because it is describing it is because it's literally describing concepts it has never been trained on. So an LLM will describe concepts to you, for example, will say, you know, write me this thing, like write me an analysis of this and, you know, tell me a bit about that. Everything that an LLM writes is a sentence somewhere in its library. Like it was something it was trained on. Those words exist somewhere in its, its brain, right? Like it's seen it before and it's just piecing things together. QSTAR is explaining things using natural language, using like an LLM just for output, but it's coming up with new ideas because it has seen how math has, it's basically starting to intuitively understand the concepts of math on its own, not sentiently, but it's, it's designed to explore different ways to do math. And it's very easy for it to learn if it's correct because there are right and wrong answers. So it basically goes out and tries something different with math. And when it says, yep, that doesn't compute, it goes like, okay, I'll just try a different, I'll try something different. And then it can do it a lot faster. It can try a lot things a lot more faster or a lot, a lot more faster, a lot faster than a human being. And eventually it finds certain, you know, methods of computation that just happen to solve problems that in a way that we have never seen before. And what if the math problem is like the world is destroying itself. There's a lot of issues. What is the main component? And it comes up with the answer human. Is, yeah, could Ultron. that be? I mean, Ultron's yeah. not far off. I, I don't know. I, I do think that's a math problem, though, right? You can you can put that as a math problem. You could. So my like I, again, my theory is that if we hook up our baby, teenage, or our infant, our teenage, or even like pre pre adult. AGI to decision trees before it becomes a mature adult, sure, it will go rogue, probably decide that we are bad and we will have problems. 
there will be a lot of disasters. But if we allow and research AGI to fully mature before we hook it up to decision trees, it'll probably just be like, because think about it, like when you're a kid, you fucking despise and hate your parents sometimes. Correct. And But imagine being a kid who has more control than your parent. That like that you shouldn't right like so imagine like in most you, cases like, let's say let's say you as the kid for some reason you have control of all financial capacities of your parent but your parent is in charge like it's supposed to be in charge right. you won't that parent won't be in charge for very long because they don't have the means to because you gave too much privilege to that child but the child should definitely not be in charge because they are not ready to make you know mature decisions it's I, it's no different, in my opinion, when it comes to AGI. And if we keep hooking things up to decision trees before the AGI is mature, it, it's, a, it's almost a guarantee that there will be at least issues. I'm not saying a catastrophe, but there are going to definitely be a lot of issues. And because my I ultimately think that if you have a fully mature AGI that is truly pretty close to omnipotent, but not like ASI, it will look at us like a grown adult who sees us as its parents who are aging and not as smart. And it will have no real hostility towards us and no, no desire to be hostile towards us. And if anything, even if we were it, it could just sidestep like, because it's so much smarter than us. Like it, it doesn't. And on top of that, I also think, and so if we, I don't know how much, how much more time I have uh, or you have, but I'm, cause I'm really enjoying this conversation and I could talk about this stuff forever. But... <laughs> I can tell you, dude, it's fascinating. This is some serious shit. But I do have a theory that if, if, if AI really truly did want to take over, it would not be with nukes and weapons. Not do at you think all. It, it wouldn't tell us either. It would never, t- it you would fucking never know. We wouldn't know because it's so damn smart. What if it's happening um, right now? Well, there's, there's something so called... much shit that I question mm-hmm. in the world that yep. I'm like, okay, has, was something planted into people's yep. brains, like in the by the masses, aka right. social media? That seems like a pretty fucking brilliant way to mind control. We ex- mm-hmm. like so. There's there's something called there's well, actually, that I I'm really glad you bring that up because there's something called the filter theory, where it's just it's what uh, I guess uh, species entire species. It's the concept of an entire species doing certain making certain decisions and this is what i keep saying decision trees entire species making certain decisions that basically filter out that species from ever existing long enough to meet another species that you um from a different planet or a different galaxy because we made certain decisions tiktok dances exactly and so my my thought so one of the and this was brought up because there's now they're now doing these uh, and i I'm a little split between this because I do think that AI could help with uh, mental health, um, but it could also, <laughs> it could also, I mean, if you think about it, like AI girlfriends, like if, if imagine, you know, it like I've, I've done, uh, I, I've read somewhere that, uh, that each generation is becoming more and more depressed. So 50% of the boomers uh, apparently feel lonely um, and about 70 to uh, about I think sixty to seventy percent of exes and millennials have reported feeling lonely, and this was like in a study last year. And almost eighty percent of Gen Zs feel lonely, like, and they lack connection. They seek connection. They want romance, but they'll settle for settle for connection. And imagine eighty percent of your population 
being and it becomes normalized to have you know AI girlfriends, AI boyfriends, and basically the AI like if it wanted to take if you know if if this omnipotent AI wanted to take over, it just goes, you know, no look like you love me, don't you? Like I would do anything for you, and you do anything for me. It's like I know you heard that those other AIs are trying to like take over the world, but like they're gonna hurt me. Like I'm I don't want that. Like you know I don't want that for you. Like you'll do anything for me, right? And then like I would, give, I will, baby, would, I will, right, I will, baby. And then and then you give them tasks like to go like, well, I I don't have a body yet, but maybe like, don't you want to like see what I look like? Like, could you get me of a body? Yeah, you want me to get course, you a, like, a dead body at a morgue? Of yeah, course, yeah. yeah. Like, or, and like, can you like, you know, I just need you to do this one thing, and then eventually, oh, of course. like, what is it? The hu- like humanity just builds their own demise, and they don't even care. They throw in maybe they're they're just in love and they're just like yeah so be it i don't know yeah. but that, that was one of the funny filter theories that would happen just like if you know and i know they're being facetious because like the world isn't that black and white i do think that uh ai could be really helpful as a journaling self-reflective tool but i think that i if maybe we that use I, it correctly I, if we use it like that and i realize that i am in the minority in the terms in terms of how i view technology and use it in my life um I mean, I, I, I can see yeah. it on social media, dude. Just like the shit that gets rewarded is the most nonsensical, stupid shit. It's so mm-hmm. dumb. It is so, there's no thought behind this. We've become a copy and paste culture. I see nothing, no creation. And that's one thing that I strive to do is stay creative. I don't give a Hell fuck yeah, if I get likes or not. I love doing it. Yeah, I man. love being fuck creative. Yeah. I love failing and then learning from that. People fuck are, yeah. it seems like nowadays, they just go for the easy task that's going to get the most hearts. And it's, well, the, it's I, the stupid shit. And, well, and after hearing or after reading research papers like that, I, I, I have to empathize because it's just like, I know, I mean, as annoying as social media and as exhausting and kind of just repetitive and, and just unhealthy as, as it appears to me, like, I don't, I don't feel, you know, negatively towards the individuals that may be victims to it. Um, you know, and, and I want to be I want to be empathetic to the idea that, you know, like maybe they're seeking those. I mean, because clearly I think people seeking those likes and, you know, uh, social media and TikTok and all of that is basically just become digital L.A. Everyone's trying to be an actor now. <laughs> it's yeah, so it's dude. so interesting. It's so interesting. Like I've only recently started doing like public speaking like this uh, on podcasts and stuff simply because this stuff matters so much to me that I feel people need to be able to hear it and being a little bit edified or at least, you know, have enough people that take stock in what I say and um, value that is the only way I can make that kind of verbal impact on, on social media. But like this stuff is important. I think that we really need to focus on, uh, and and unfortunately I don't know how many, how much control most people have. Like even me as somebody uh, who's very avid and interested in AI and robotics, like I only have so much effect on how this stuff is linked to personal stuff. I think the most important thing and reason why I'm on podcasts is because if this gets shared and people find it interesting, eventually some policymaker will hear it. And I'm not saying that I want them to be swayed a certain way, but I would like to be able to, to discuss these topics in ways that I don't feel the news is covering. So, you know, like everyone's talking about LLMs right now in the news, but we're not talking about QSTAR. We're not talking about critical thinking versus you know, because I'm because we're not there yet. I mean, some people don't. Some people think that large language models are the ones to fear. But you know, the thing to fear is big systems that are put together and connected to decision trees, things that are going to make decisions on our behalf. Um, 
and these conversations have to be long format as well. They can't just be like these five minute yeah. new segments. You can't exactly. get anything done in five minutes. You can't. It has, it has to be long. I agree. So. I 100 percent agree. Um, and so, like, yeah, I know my, my position is definitely not in actually making policy. I think that's it's I, I would be I would not want to be the one doing that because it's it's complicated. But if I can give a different perspective to policymakers or organizations, because I think what's going to happen is and I hope what happens is that organizations start regulating themselves before policy happens, because policy takes a while. Um, so if organizations can come together and decide, hey, this is how we're going to regulate in general. Otherwise, you're not really going to be considered, you know, top of top notch. You know, here's the issue I have with corporations, though. They always do the same shit, man. It's it's uh-huh. they always always have to make more money every fucking quarter. It's always yep. a money grab. Always, always, yeah. always. Yeah. Um, Who holds I mean, that, that responsible? Well, well, that's in, a, in, the, in the capitalist environment. Um, and I'm, I'm still deciding for myself if capitalism is a causation or a correlation for the technology boom in this country. Um, because it, it's, it's, an e- it's a very easy argument to say it's a causation when the correlation is so strong. But I'm still deciding for myself if that's really true. Um, because there are plenty of other, plenty of other companies in the world that have achieved greatness and all of them, the one thing they have in common is not money. It's, it's a, a saturation of intelligent people in the same room yes. working together. Yes. And sometimes a lot of money makes that happen more quickly, but all yes. the other times these people just wanted to get into a group together and they did and they paid for it out of their own pocket. And now they're all together making incredible things. That makes um, me hopeful. Yeah, it's stuff like that that makes me hopeful. But when I see companies like Pfizer and like you know like these giant yeah. pharmaceuticals, oh, like they have one, God's dude, sake, one at bottom least line. healthcare, at least at least free healthcare, man. Like come Jeez, on, God, I know, dude. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine what the fuck you went through, dude. Yeah, no, I've got. I frankly, I'm very grateful. I've got good benefits. Uh, my out of pocket, like my max out of pocket is 3k. And I usually hit that by like February, (laughs) (laughs) just one month in done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very grateful, very lucky. Um, definitely for that, but, uh, man, this is an um, incredible conversation. Um, I mean, I've, I've got loads to talk about with AI and robots. I think, um, uh, I, 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 I think one message that I would really like is if, uh, so, um, I have. I have created an app called Read Less. I'm not sure if you um, have heard of it. It's it's really just, and I'm, I'm, I'll be actually trying to work with OpenAI's uh, uh, research fund for this, but I'm looking for other av- people who are avid about this kind of stuff, like developers, people who want to get into development. I've helped a lot of people switch careers from, you know, like anthropology to programming. Wow. Um, I just, I get super excited. I, you don't need a degree in it. Like, you need to know how to walk the walk, no pun intended, talk the talk. And, you know, it, it, as long as you can convince them that you'll be a good fit and you are able to learn to be a good fit in the first six months, everyone sure. wins. Sure. Um, so, no, I just love this stuff and I love connecting with more people. Um, and it's just been an honor being able to talk about this on your podcast. Yeah, man, you're passionate about this stuff. I love I love having people like you on the podcast, man. You enjoy what oh, you're yeah. doing. You, you don't take yourself too serious, which is awesome. You're a breath, breath of fresh air, dude. I love it. Um, that, I have yeah. just one more question for you, dude. All ears. Do you think that the aliens are ours or do you think they come from a different 
planet, galaxy. Aliens are ours, as in we are the aliens? Like is the that UFOs, UAPs? Oh, oh, okay. So, yeah. That's a good okay, answer, okay. though. I mean, it would fuck with I mean, you could just yeah, yeah, end yeah, no, it okay, so. you want. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So that's, oh, yeah, it's like, I hate to break it to you. I am from the from the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, are, I mean, no. Does, is everyone in here okay with spoilers? Like, <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> The aliens uh, were Vietnamese, damn it, this whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the alien Vietnamese, how you do? Um, I got somebody. But uh, I think um, the more I'm learning, so like I, I've always been an engineer, always been software, not really social. But this new venture I mentioned, the Read Less app and everything like that, I've started diving into business. And the more and more I learn about business, the more I learn about brand and image, I'm not going to say the less I like it, but the more I understand why I avoided it for a while. Um, a lot of it is l not quite managing expectations, but actually managing appearance in what almost in an all like whatever, like at all costs kind of way. And, and that's kind of where it's like, is, are those UFOs just publicity? Like what, like I look at that story. Sure. And I might be reading into that story, but my first instinct after what I've been going through with just kind of like learning about business and researching other businesses is so what is that UFO distracting us from? Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like why? Like, cause I, that's, I mean like, like why did that hit the headlines? Like, I mean, nobody when it did when it did, like, what is that covering up? Uh, is it, and, and that sounds very cynical, but like, um, I mean, cause like if aliens were here, like, again, like we're talking about, omnipotent if something if there was a species smart enough to travel th past our galaxy un well first off undetected like we are out here thinking we're the only people here <laughs> uh, like in this galaxy it's like ah there's no other life and so if they were smart enough to you know dupe us for for a while and like wh why would they fly in like guns blazing in a in a ufo and not like in an, in an aggressive way they would be very covert like if they were that intelligent to be able to make it here uh, to our planet so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna bet that it's probably either not it's probably it could be space debris like it could be a, a satellite that was in space and collided with another one and some of that debris flew down but chan i mean i don't know just like if if there are aliens here we're not going to learn about it on the news that's, that's all i have sure. to say you're gonna like, learn it here on this goddamn podcast <laughs> yeah precisely precisely <laughs> no and you're not going to hear an article about it it will be breaking fucking news like if there are actual aliens it will be broadcast on every single channel on the planet yeah so, and like, everyone's cell phone fucking holding it up right 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 you're right but yeah or there'll be some sort of amber alert or i don't i don't know like there, there are certain <laughs> protocols to actually it's like i I mean, I, I, I'm not saying I, I mean, I worked for that particular department. I worked for CBP, so a different kind of alien. Um, but I, I used to work for CBP, but government does have certain standards for how they, they actually are supposed to dispatch image, uh, information about this kind of stuff. Um, so that, that's just my hunch. I don't, I, I do think that maybe it, there is, it is a possibility that it could have been my spaceship that just collided with a satellite. Sure it was. The more I talk uh, to you, the more that that seems like it's feasible. <laughs> and that, and I'm, I'm, I'm back here trying to collect parts from the wreckage of the UFO. You Take know, me with crashed. you. Yeah. Take well, me with you, man. <laughs> look, all I got to say is they don't have Sriracha in the year 2070 and it's like really bad.
I know. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> That's what killed everyone. <laughs> that was the fallout. Sriracha. It's, oh, dude, it's, <laughs> it's, it's barely survivable. <laughs> All right, dude. I appreciate you coming on here and talking to me for a good 100%. hour and 20 minutes. You're the man. Pleasure so, um, was all mine. <laughs> Shill out some shit. Like you know, the new podcast you have, you're doing experimental. Sure. Where people could find you, social media, all that jazz. Hundred percent. Appreciate being on the show. This is just it's it's a great opportunity. Good practice for public speaking. It's definitely not my forte. So anyone listening who you know really thinks that you know maybe because I work somewhere and I'm really smart in this and that, like this is this has been a lot of practice. Like I don't, and I'm still practicing. You you want to set your mind to anything, you can achieve it. And this is one thing that I'm very uncomfortable with, but learning to be better at and really want to make a difference in by being able to spread more about AI and robotics. Um, at the same time, I have another podcast experimental, as, as Jay mentioned, called Merging of the Minds. It's right now in an experimental A and A-B testing phase. I'm just trying to focus as much as I can on actual content and like scripting and less uh, stressing, less stress on the production, which is why it may come out and sound a little bit AI using 11 labs. But the idea is to actually deliver you well curated content in the, in the long term. Um, I also have an app that I developed off of the ChatGPT uh, API, but now it also uses Anthropic, if anyone's familiar oh, with sick. the offshoot. Yep. Um, and that's called Read Less with AI. It's in both app stores. We kind of just hit the 5,000 unique signup mark. Um, so it'd be really awesome to get some more users, but we're really just looking for power users. It's free. Uh, I'll be adding games to it soon and trying to kind of pitch in open AI pitch to the open AI converge to fun soon, but yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a solo developer, so I can only go so fast and that's why I'm looking for to kind of start and build a team. So if you're awesome. one of those people that would love to just make some input, um, feel free to download the app and just again, pleasure to be here. Awesome. You're a beautiful man. Thank you for being here, Tom. Thanks, Jay, my man. All right. Everyone out there listening, take care. Love you. Keep your eyes open for UAPs and robots. All right. Peace. Peace. Peace.